At a time when anti-Semitism is exploding in Europe and around the world, this week we're looking back to the dark days leading up to World War II. Welcome to Bible in the News. This is John Billington with you. And this week we have with us a special guest, Jason Hensley, and he's going to talk to us uh, about the kinder transport. Uh, Jason is an author. Uh, he wrote uh, parts one and two of Part of the Family, and now is the associate producer of Part of the Family, the documentary, which just came out last month. Jason, super good to have you with us. Thank you, John. Um, Jason has been working on this project now for probably three years, and I think for our listeners that uh, maybe don't keep up with some of these things, let's start with um, what the Kinder Transport was. Can you uh, can you give us that intro? So the Kinder Transport started in 1938 as a response to what became called Kristallnacht. So Kristallnacht uh, was pogroms against the Jews, November 9th through 10th, 1938. A um, uh, hundred synagogues were, were burned. Um, 30,000 Jewish men were arrested. It was a crazy night in which the German people just went all out against the Jews. It was really the first time that, that violence like that erupted against the Jews in Germany. Um, and so this was, the kinder transport was Britain's response. So they said, uh, an unspecified number of Jewish children are allowed to come to Great Britain and to live there with sponsor families or in, or in hostels. Yeah. And it was, it was a, a massive undertaking. Now for a family that wanted to sponsor a child, what did they have to do? So if a family wanted to sponsor a child, I think the, the largest thing to think about is um, not simply the, the logistics of it, but really to think about what it meant emotionally for the family and for the child, because they were taking on children. A lot of times, you know, the kids were teenagers, right? So they already had their culture, they had their way of doing things, and they had to come into this family that spoke a different language, had a lot of times a different religion, and, uh, I mean, even to the point of just wearing different kind of clothes, right? And, and they had to try and, and work this out. Um, and it's, it's astonishing to think of what that would be like to take somebody who's a teenager and, and trying to work already through that and to bring them into your family and to try and create a life that was meaningful for them. Yeah, and you know what? Like, I look back and I think about it. What... Like the when there's the the um, language barrier, what what did they do? I mean, seriously, you have a child coming into your house, or you're a child going into a house. I mean, you don't learn you don't learn a language uh, overnight. No, like, you don't. Was this how long did it take them to integrate into a family? A very long time. So it 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 took a long long time, and I mean it it uh, a number of the refugees told me that they learned English. Just from their family, the family would practice with them, would say words, or, or uh, would read them stories. One one child actually even said that they learned English from the Christadelphian hymn book. That, that was how they <laughs> learned, so that they that they would go to the meetings on Sunday and just the repeating and the singing over and over and over. That that was how they learned it. Okay, now you've brought in an interesting thing, so let's just deal with that because you brought in Christadelphians. Now, uh, when we look at the Kinder Transport. Um, what role did the Christadelphians, well, first, let's start with, from you, what, uh, who are the Christadelphians? So the Christadelphians are a group of Bible believers. We like to think 
we, we call ourselves Bible students, so we encourage uh, all of our members to read the Bible every day, to study it, to see what it says, and we've come up with a collective set of beliefs that we call first principles. Um, so we're heavily based around the promises to Abraham that were made beginning in Genesis chapter 12, and that really forms the foundation of how we understand the gospel, uh, the good news of, of Jesus Christ, that uh, one day the promises to Abraham will be fulfilled, that the Jews will be in the land, that the land will be given to Abraham and to his children, and that through uh, Abraham's descendants, namely through Jesus Christ, that the world will be blessed. Okay, uh, now, okay, there's the, there's, there's the, there's, the beliefs. there's the beliefs. Now, a family living in England yep. decides to take in a child in such a scenario. What would make a Christadelphian go so far then to take in these Jewish children? So that's what's really interesting about all of this to me, that... This is a story not just of, of a humanitarian effort. I mean, as, as Christians, right, Christadelphians felt that you should love your neighbor as yourself. But this is more than that, and that really ties into our foundational belief in the promise to Abraham. In that the Jews are the descendants of Abraham, and God has said, I will bless those that bless you, I will curse those who curse you. And so, Christadelphians believed that the Jews are loved for the sake of the fathers. You know, as it says throughout Deuteronomy, that that God loved Abraham, and so therefore he's chosen the Jewish people as his people. And so Christadelphians were moved to act on behalf of the Jews and to do what they could and to participate in the kinder transport. Yeah, it's it's uh, it, it was such an amazing uh, story as you went through this. Now, what what made you decide to start getting into this? So the story is a, a little bit, is rather funny. Um, I actually uh, went to a conference at the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum in 2015. Yeah. Uh, it was a conference for teachers called the Belfer Teacher, uh, Belfer Conference for Educators. And uh, it was basically on how to teach the Holocaust. Okay. Um, and while we were there, it, one of the one of the ideas that the museum tries to teach is that um, everybody in the Holocaust was an individual. So you always hear about the six million, the six million, and it gets kind of overwhelming. And it's a reminder that, well, yeah, there were these six million, but each one of those was either a father or a mother or a brother, a sister, a child, um, and to recognize them as individuals and to realize they all had their own story. And so this emphasis on individual stories made me realize that there's so much history here in the Holocaust, so many stories that haven't ever been told. And so I started thinking, well, there's Christadelphians. There were Christadelphians in Europe at that time. You know, I wonder if our community, Christadelphians, has any stories. And I almost just kind of stumbled upon this and, and found that there were a lot more stories than I expected. <laughs> so when, so where do you, you start digging into this? Um, now you're obviously bringing in the Christadelphians, so you're you're looking for specifically stories to do with the Christadelphian community. Where do you first reach out? Where where does this first begin? Because I know it was an incredible journey. So you know, give us a you know a feel. <laughs> so so it's actually a rather funny story because I uh, um, my instructor at the Belfer Conference, her name was Jen Goss, and. Uh, so I would email her when I had ideas and just to try and get, you know, some thoughts on on how to get this ball rolling. 
And so I, I discovered that there was a, a survivor um, who had come and lived with Christadelphians whose name was Ursula. And I had um, also discovered that there was somebody who spoke at the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum named Ursula. So I emailed Jen and I said, hey, have you ever been in contact with this woman named Ursula? Has she ever come to the museum? Do you know her? And she said, no, I'm not familiar with her, but here's my suggestion. Why don't you just try um, looking her up in the white pages and just, <laughs> and just you know, calling all the Ursulas and seeing if, uh, you know, see how that goes. And, and so I thought that that sounded terrifying. Uh, and so I just kind of sat on that idea for a while. And then eventually I thought, well, you know, this, nothing's going to ever happen if I don't just call these people and say, I mean, but it just sounded, you know, you don't want to call somebody and say, hi, are you a Holocaust survivor? Right? <laughs> like, that's totally, that's totally strange. Um, but so finally I, I thought, you know, I just need to do this. So I, I picked up the phone and I called the first person on the list and I said, hi, my name's Jason Hensley. I'm a Christadelphian. Uh, I'm just calling to see if you lived with Christadelphians ever in your life. You know, I thought that sounded better than asking if you're a Holocaust survivor. <laughs> if you lived with Christadelphians ever in your life. And uh, if you did, would you please be willing to call me back? Because uh, I had to leave a message. She didn't answer. And she called me back later that night and said, hi. Um, yeah, you got the right Ursula. And I actually lived with Christadelphians. And I would be willing to talk to you about that. And that's how it all started. So I, I interviewed her, and then I interviewed the family that she had lived with, the Christadelphian family that she had lived with. And uh, from there, there was just this network that still existed, almost, of, uh, of people that this family knew who had housed children and other refugees, and it just kind of blossomed from there. Wow, and it's amazing, too. And, and for our family... Um... My grandmother uh, took in, in their family, they took in a Holocaust survivor as well in the kinder transport. So even for us, it has a personal connect and it's, uh, yeah, it's an amazing story. Now, I actually don't know a lot about uh, the story in our family, but you were able to dig out all sorts on these stories, being able to connect to the survivors. So how many do you connect with and on, to, on what level do you go with this? So there's about 35 families that I've been able to to connect with. So wow. I've written the stories of 20 of them. So I have enough for a third volume. Well, I have a question <laughs> down that says, is there part three? We'll see. There is, <laughs> there is a, hopefully there will be a part three. Right now, I'm, I'm actually currently uh, working on creating a curriculum on teaching the Holocaust um, in Christian schools. So we'll see how that, how that comes together. So that's kind of, that's the next Holocaust project. Okay. Um, so I'm writing my dissertation on that, and we'll see how that all. Okay. Comes so, together. which is exciting, and when you get that together, then we'll maybe reconnect and uh, and talk about that. But what you've so you've done part one and part two of the books. Yep. Both yep. available on Amazon. Yep, that's right. And um, do you have a website that you want to put out? Sure. Yeah, it's IWasPartOfTheFamily.com. So there you go. You and if you were part of a family uh, with the Christadelphians and you haven't yet connected. Uh, you you can certainly reach out to Jason through his website. Yeah, that's right. Now, the what we wanted to talk to you about is that it's been about a month since you put out uh, Part of the Family, the documentary. Yep. Um, again, available on Amazon. Uh, what was that project like versus the books? Uh, well, the documentary was extremely different. Um, the books, 
you know, I could really do most of the books from home. I would call people, I would transcribe the interviews, I would write things out, and then I would I would send the interviews to the survivors and, and see if they were happy with what I had written, and kind of worked on it from there. The the documentary, I mean, we had to fly all over the place. We, yes. uh, it w- you know, it was neat because I actually got to meet in person the, the people that I had talked to on the phone. Um, so we, we flew everywhere. I got to meet a lot of really neat people, um, a lot of experts on different subjects, which was, which was really interesting and to get to hear kind of, um, uh, what they had to say about, about Christianity and about Judaism and about the Holocaust. Um, so it was a totally different kind of thing. And it was, it was a really neat experience to be able to make all of these connections and then to see it come together in the documentary the way it did. Now, now for those that that uh, haven't seen it, what I think is incredible. I mean, you you can read the book and it's incredible because you can connect. But then to actually see the documentary, you actually see the people. And I guess for you, you're, it's it's the same it's the same story. Now you would have enough material, I am sure. Will there be a part two of the documentary, or is this going to be a standalone? I think the documentary is going to be a standalone. I mean, it really tells the message. Um, that we wanted to get out with having a movie out yes. there. Um, the idea behind the books is to tell those individual stories, right? To, to make sure that this history isn't lost, that it's told. Um, and so I think the books serve that purpose. The documentary is really to bring out this matter of um, that the things that you believe will affect how you act. And that's, that was the major message that we really wanted to convey in the documentary, um, and I think with with a movie, you have a medium in which conveying a lesson like that is is much more effective. And so, so the books convey all the stories, and hopefully that lesson as well. But the documentary really hits you with that lesson, and that's the that's the idea behind it. Yeah. Now, we started the program off by saying that anti-Semitism is growing in the world again. When you talk to these people, and even yourself when you go through and look at this, what does that make you feel when you see anti-Semitism growing again in the world after you've been so intimately connected with it previously? Well, it's maddening. I mean, you know, you, you grow to know these people, and uh, you, you become close with them, and, and you continue to maintain connections. Um, and it's... It's extremely aggravating to hear of anti-Semitism growing and to hear of, of anti-Semitic hate crimes, those kind of things. I mean, and some of these people that I've talked to have been victims of those things. So, I mean, it becomes uh, very... Uh, it fills you with anger for the sake of the people that you know. I mean, I haven't... Obviously, I haven't myself... Right, but but it just you know you hope that people read these books and watch this documentary and realize just how ridiculous anti-Semitism is and how really I mean the message of the Bible is that salvation is of the Jews, right? I mean that's talk to talk to me about that. Let's explore that because that that might be a foreign concept for many. Let's uh, explain what you mean by salvation is of the Jews. So salvation of the, is of the Jews. I mean, it all goes back again to the promises to Abraham, right? That Abraham was the father of the Hebrews. And so because of that, uh, because this promise that the world would be blessed 
through his descendants, right, ultimately in Christ, that salvation comes through a Jew, right? And that it comes, it, it is the hope of Israel. It is a Jewish hope, and it is a hope that as Gentiles, we have to attach ourselves to that and to, to bring ourselves into the family of Abraham. Yeah, and you know, the incredible thing is when you actually look out to Christianity uh, in greater uh, levels or lesser levels, m most Christianity has in some way uh, put themselves in a situation of replacement theology in some level, but that's not what you found with the Christadelphians when you looked back at it, nor what they would think today. Um, right. Explain the difference. Uh, well... So Christianity is very complicated as far as replacement theology goes. Um, I think a lot, a lot of denominations have tried to distance themselves from it now after recognizing uh, what it can lead to. Right? After the Holocaust, a number of Christian denominations really had to reflect on, you know, Germany, the majority of Germans called themselves Christians, right, in the 1920s. And, uh, I mean, there, there was a Catholic... Uh, there was a concentration camp in Croatia that was staffed by Catholic priests, right? I mean, so so the Holocaust was a huge, a heavy hitter for Christianity. I mean, obviously, it, it was, it was um, you know, one of the most horrendous things that happened to the Jews. But for Christianity, it also was something that forced Christians to have to ask, what happened to my religion, right? And... Uh, you know, a lot of people had to had to realize we have taken on replacement theology, and that has, in effect, um, done this. You know, laid the foundation for something terrible for the Jews, and so a lot of a lot of Christian denominations have had to step back and say that's not what we think anymore. You know, we ha we can't have that kind of belief, and again, that then brings you to that same point of the way in which your beliefs impact your actions. But the interesting thing, as far as, you know, to get back to your question, the interesting thing as far as Christadelphians go, is that the Christadelphians, since their inception, have recognized, because of this focus on the promises to Abraham, have recognized that the hope is a Jewish hope. You know, just as Christ said, salvation is of the Jews. And so replacement theology never really has factored into the Christadelphian beliefs, which then is why the Christadelphians were willing and wanted to take part in something to help the Jews. Wow. Great. I love going through this with you. Uh, what I'm going to say, Jason, is let's put, uh, let's, let's get, I think hopefully everyone has been, our listeners have been inspired to at least start by watching the documentary. I think that's a great place now to get people hooked into it. Um, I don't. Would you see it the same? I mean, I I see it as now. Oh, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's great. And then to lead into the books, so both the books and the uh, documentary are now available on Amazon. But the documentary is also available on YouTube. That's right. So you can just see it on YouTube. Uh, if you just type in "part of the family" um, documentary, you'll it should be one of the first hits. One of the first hits, and it'll be embedded. Also, uh, we'll put some links in uh, Bible in the News, BibleInTheNews.com. We'll put links uh, on our page as well that go to both uh, both the Amazon and to the YouTube. 
and get the books, get the books, get the uh, documentary. What's the one thing, if you had one thing, maybe we've covered it, but let's just make sure, what's the one thing you want people to take away from these books and the DVD from looking at this material? The one, the one thing is definitely that your beliefs impact your actions, yeah. right? So yeah. whatever you believe is somehow going to come out in how you act. Um, and that, that's just inevitable. I mean, on the most basic level, if you believe it's cold outside, you'll put on a jacket. You know, like that's, and, and that just, that goes all the way up to your high level beliefs, right? Your doctrinal beliefs, um, you know, what you believe is the gospel, that impacts how you act. And so I think it's imperative for Christians to ask themselves, do my beliefs follow, do the actions that come from my beliefs support the principles of Christ, Right? Do my beliefs cause me to act like Jesus? And that, I mean, for a lot of Christians during the Holocaust, if they had asked themselves that question, the answer would be no. And I think that's, that's why this is such a powerful thing to think about. Good. Let's leave it there. Thanks for listening to Bible in the News. Join us again next week for another edition. And uh, take care. Thanks, everybody. That was Jason Hensley. Uh, before we wrap up, Jason Hensley from Part of the Family uh, with you with John Billington. Take care. <laughs>